Welcome back to another edition of the Dumb and Dumbest Podcast, the music industry podcast where everything is terrible and the house is on fire. I am not Matt Bacon. I am the significantly less great hair having Keefe from GhostCultMag.com. And with us as always is our equally hair challenged co-host, Curtis Dewar. Hello. And once again, we welcome in our fabulous and greatly coiffed guest, Monica Strutt. (laughs) How you going? I'm going awesome. And uh, Curtis, what are we going to talk about with Monica today? We're going to do part two of is fem- or sorry, uh, female fronted is not a genre, or is it? Uh, so we've invited uh, the uh, talented uh, Monica on to give her opinions on this because uh, we know that she has some opinions on it because Keithy ran a poll and uh, she was one of the commenters on it. So we figured it would be a good excuse to have her back. And uh, so, Keithy, why don't, why don't you kind of give a background on the poll that you did? I know we just did the podcast, but just for anybody that hasn't. Sure, I'll tee it up. We did this uh, debate, Curtis and I, on the last podcast. And granted, neither of us are, uh, you know, women and identifying as female. So perhaps a little short-sighted to weigh in on this topic. But I felt like this podcast is, you know, we're pretty fair to everybody and we try to be open-minded. And my personal take is that Female Fronted is a lazy tag used by lazy publicists and record labels to identify bands and talk about certain kinds of bands that have women singers or women in the front of the band. And I feel like Female Fronted doesn't describe musical uh any kind of musical connotation and some artists are very comfortable labeling themselves as such and some uh definitely weighed in and said i don't have a problem with it it seems like a lot of men voted in the poll also probably skewing our results we had a hundred i did a poll on twitter and we got 123 votes which is pretty nice 63 percent said female fronted is not a genre 16 percent said female fronted is all right with me Uh, 2% said highly offensive and another 19% said female fronted can fuck right off so you know taking that as a sort of pro and con that's about 84% against and 16% it's okay so now that we have our illustrious guest on with us who can actually properly weigh in as herself a lead singer in a metal band and a woman I would like to hear. She's also a front person. I want to. She add. is the front person, leader, the whole shebang of the incredible Last Martyr. New single out now, everybody. Monica Strutt. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I'm super excited to talk about this today because it's definitely something that I'm passionate about, and I've been playing in bands for about 15 years of my life since I was in my early teens. And um, yeah, the term female fronted, uh, I actually used to use it quite comfortably in one of my old bands, in a couple of my old bands. Um, This was a different time, but 
I guess I um, firstly just wanted to say, uh, ask you guys, what do you think is the purpose of defining a genre of a band? Well, here's my opinion, and the purpose is just so that way people can get an idea of what the band sounds like, just as a sales point is. Well, that's from the viewpoint of a publicist. Yep. So that's my viewpoint, so that way they can get an idea of what the band sounds like. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Do you agree, Keefe? I, you know, I do agree, and it's the same thing for journalists. Honestly, writers, we need the lowest hanging fruit for ourselves to understand and consume what a band is all about as quickly as possible. I think journalism and writing for journalism, and you, Annika, are also a journalist and have a, have had a hand in publicity too, so you have a real great, well-rounded you know take on all this, but I, I think journalists, we have a little less of the selling proposition of a a publicist but at the same time we're also trying to convey what a band is another thing you see i don't have a problem with this terminology but another uh publicity speak phrase you see is ffo for fans of which you know in lieu of anything else is okay to say hey if you are a fan of pearl jam stone temple pilots and screaming trees you might like this band so that's helpful and I think the I'm, I don't think it was meant to be malicious, female fronted. And also, I'm going to say we keyed on keyed in on the point that female fronted sometimes is used interchangeably with sort of symphonic led, female led metal bands from usually Western Europe that are you know or around the world that are uh, you know based on some kind of progressive symphonic metal with a contralto type operatic lead singer but i even feel that is unfair and lazy yeah so um yeah i think everyone can probably agree that the purpose of defining a genre is to define the sound so i as i mentioned i did used to use the term female fronted and i do want to speak about that a little bit but um the first thing i want to say is that calling a band female fronted kind of implies like female fronted metal or female fronted rock or just a female fronted band. It kind of implies that all um, female vocalists or female identifying vocalists within that genre sound the same. So this is a bit of an issue because, uh, you know, as a vocalist myself, I feel like I've worked quite hard to develop some sort of uniqueness to my voice. I'm a clean singer and a screamer as well. And I guess logically, you know, if we say, let's just say female fronted metal. So in that case, we're saying that someone like Courtney LaPlante is going to sound the same as baby metal. They're both female fronted metal bands, but sound completely different. It's like comparing the singer of Ginger to the singer of, uh, I don't know, Nightwish or something like that. Well, again, I think I, one, one thing I, I think Keith touched upon that I agree with is I, I think a lot of times that it gets associated with symphonic metal. So rightly or wrongly, I don't know. I mean, I usually get images of symphonic men, metal whenever someone says female fronted, you know what I mean? So I, I, yeah. can, I can see what you're saying, but at the same time, I kind of go like, you know, it gives that idea, symphonic, Nightwish, 
uh, Delane Epica type of thing, at least in my own mind, rightly or wrongly, right? So Yeah, well that's really interesting that you say that because yeah. they I feel like the symphonic metal scene was really the first main scene to really prominently feature female vocalists. Yeah. So I, I feel like going back, you know, like 15 years or so when symphonic metal was, would, would you say 15 years ago was when kind of like the Probably rise of symphonic metal? 15 to 20. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I feel like they were one of the first genres to really pick up and feature females. Like, obviously, yeah. um, women singers have been around for a really long time, like since the punk days during Jet. We've got Blondie. Uh, yeah. We've got, you know, you know, bands in the 80s like Vixen. However, I feel like um, a lot of those bands, especially in the 80s, there was a lot of, like, female-fronted, like, 80s glam rock bands that kind of never yep. made it to like the full success of someone like Motley Crue or Poison like Vixen had some like really good success but they never quite made it to the level of say Motley Crue which is a bit of a shame anyway yeah. I, digress. I digress a little bit but um back to my original point calling a band female fronted metal implies that all females sound the same and whilst I think that listening back to your podcast the last podcast episode that you did your argument Curtis was that <laughs> chicks get clicks but I just want to say that I just want to say that we're talking about specifically genre we're not talking yeah. about press photos or quality of bio or anything like that so I just want to like clearly draw a line in the sand between like what just like the purpose of a genre is and that's what we're talking about not talking about like how you actually market a band because my argument is that I don't want to be defined by my genre and I think that that's really unfair because, you know, if I was a transgender person, like, that would be horrible if, like, I had to wear a big sign on my head saying, like, hello, I'm transgender if you want to just, you know, go upon, like, go and live your life. And that's what I feel like, you know, growing up in bands, I've really had to kind of do. I mean, it was very normal to say that you're in a female-fronted band. And it's almost like, you know, being a young female that had more of an impact on me now looking back than what I realized. So it kind of, you know, I didn't really have any role models as a female, um, you know, growing up. That's why I like a lot of 80s stuff is because I liked, you know, there wasn't a lot of like women in heavy music, like when I was a teenager. Um, so calling a band female fronted, I kind of had to feel like I felt like I kind of had to do that as like a warning to people, mm. like, like just to let you guys know we're female fronted. And so you can judge us before you even hear us. But I also did wear it as like a badge of honor in terms of like, I did recognize that that was making my band different. However, as you would have seen in the status that I posted yesterday, apparently not that different. I played in a metal band that sounded very much like a band sevenfold. However, we we're constantly yeah. being compared to Paramore. And that was super, super annoying because we sounded absolutely nothing like Paramore. And that uh, did have an impact on the types of opportunities that we got as an up and coming band. Well, one thing I also want to point out, just going back to the eighties bands, uh, just, and I apologize if this, don't take this the wrong way, but a lot of those bands that were marketed as female fronted back in the eighties, at least for the hard rock metal ones, they were doing that yeah. as a gimmick because some of them were of lower quality. Some of them, not all of them, obviously, but I think sometimes they were trying to do that in the sense of, you know, as a gimmick in that sense. So it moves back in the marketing accordion. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like, I think like Vixen was good, but they weren't metal really. They were like, hard rock you know they were yeah, songs rock. written by Michael Bolton but they were being marketed to the metal guys 
right? They were on tour. I think they were on tour with Rat and stuff like that, if I'm not mistaken. I was only like 10, but, but that's my recall is that they were like, that was what they were gearing them towards. So they were pushing the girl there because a lot of guys were listening, right? So I, I, so I think it kind of does twist with the marketing angle. I think you're spot on on that. It's just what I wanted to say. Yeah, and it's interesting that you use the word gimmick because certainly when I was a teenager, like I uh, thought that, you know, I had an all-girl band and people yeah. did tell us, oh, this gimmick that you've got, this gimmick, and we're like, what, yeah. the, fuck is this? what the fuck is this gimmick? Like, we didn't yeah. choose the gender that we are born as. We just want to totally. play rock and roll. So it's really uncomfortable, that term gimmick, and it, yeah. doesn't, get, it doesn't get thrown around a lot anymore. No. Thankfully, um, because you're right. But in the beginning, they were like the Runaways. They were put together by Kim Foley's like a gimmick, basically. Yeah, right? yeah, totally, but totally. They, but they were good. But I'm just saying that that was his intention. Like, if I'm not mistaken, from reading the biography, it was like that's they did it intentionally just to get attention. So it was like a marketing thing again. Anyway, sorry, I cut you off. I was just yeah, no, you made no, a that's good okay. point. You made a really good point because it does kind of tie over to the marketing angle. So, anyways, go say what you were going to say, and then I'll, I'll chime in after that. Yeah, yeah. So with this whole with this whole gimmick thing, obviously that was like forty years ago or fifty years ago. Um, so we've now moved into an era where we're kind of you know realizing that there are a lot of you know look at Nita Strauss, look at there's so many amazing like female artists, not just vocalists. Yeah. We're moving out of that era where females are a gimmick, and now they're encouraged encouraged to pick up instruments into like uh, heavy genres of music, and the quality of musicianship is definitely definitely <laughs> rising kind of thing so by using the term female fronted i think people are still in that old mindset of oh well she's just a girl she can't play music and that's actually not the case and um yeah like i think with the whole marketing thing at the same time as i don't want to be defined by what gender i am and i think it's really unfair to define someone's sound by yeah. their gender because all vocalists sound completely different and in cool. fact i've heard a lot of men argue to me that in fact all male vocalists sound the same because they simply can't have the same range as female vocalists um, i can see that yeah, like I've had a lot of men say that to me actually, and I'm not, I'm not going to get up on my high horse and be like, no, all men sound the same. Like that's not my argument at all. I'm just saying like yeah. there is an argument for both sides of that. So yeah, whilst I don't want to be defined by my gender, I also am not going to apologize for it. So back totally. to the argument, chicks get clicks. Yeah. Like anyone with like good looking, stylish band members, they're going to get clicks naturally. So, 100%. That's not a gender thing, and I don't think females need to apologise for looking sexy in photos because also oh, wow. we're all about females owning their sexuality and for one of the first times in history they can be like, I am going to like be sexual, not for like anyone else except for myself because I want to feel yeah. good within myself. And I think that that's totally okay. And also my final point is... Um, and this might be a little bit controversial is, I mean, this seems to be the consensus here in Australia. We are a little bit behind the rest of the world in terms of equality. I know in Europe, like people don't really bat an eyelid when it comes to like female front, female fronted bands or like women in heavy genres. Mm -hmm. So, um, I think the consensus from just being a part of the scene, at least here and speaking for that is that people are fucking sick of just seeing five sweaty dudes on stage. So like 
just playing the heaviest music that they can. So having a female vocalist, yes, it's like interesting because it's something a little bit different, but I mean, it's okay to say that like the band is female fronted, but I do agree with Keefe that it is lazy marketing and you're much lazy, lazy PR um, and like lazy journalism. And you're much better off saying for fans of, but of course, when you're talking to your mates, like, I think it's totally fine to be like, oh, and there's a female singer because that adds that point of difference or it's simply describing a fact of the band. Um, so yeah, that's my, that's really in a nutshell, my opinion on it. <laughs> well, let's, let's go over to the marketing angle for a second here, because my argument, I, I think I said it on the last podcast, cause it's actually just so you guys both know, chicks kick, get clicks came from Jesse May. That was her yeah. total thing she 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 tagged that not me just so everybody else um, <laughs> but uh anyways what i was going to say is just as a marketing angle um now we're switching kind of off the subject um anytime you put a female whether it's the guitarist the bassist the drummer you always like in my experience if they push them to the front it like triples or doubles the opens good example is uh when we had the uh I'm not going to name the campaign because this person might get embarrassed, even though she knows about it. Um, when we had a, when I had a campaign with the band, they had not sent me a photo yet. I started the promo, sent it out in Holix without a picture. They said they would send me a picture in two weeks. And I'm not joking you, the second the picture went in, they had a female bassist. The opens went up, uh, I think it was three times within 24 hours. Why right. do you think that is? I don't know, but it works. <laughs> That's all I know. I don't I'll know tell why, you. but it happens every single time. So I don't mind it, but I do know it works. But anyways, tell me, tell me what your opinion is. Yeah, so there's two reasons why that would be. Firstly is obviously like we, as a basic like human thing, like sex sells, like let's just be real, like sex well, is going to sell. I just, I just want to point out, this person was not dolled up or anything like that. Yeah, that's I'm fine. I'm just pointing that out. I'm just pointing that out. So anyways, go ahead. The second reason is that point of difference that I was talking about earlier. I think people are sick of seeing just like five sweaty dudes on stage and, you know, having a female or, you know, someone who's not, you know, a cisgendered male individual is that point of difference. And thirdly, what was my third point? Those were the two main points anyway. <laughs> I, I think to, Hey, Curtis, can I chime in? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, what I was going to say is what I think we've touched on, thanks to Monica, which is a very interesting delineation, is on one hand, Curtis and I started out by focusing on sort of the terminology of female fronted. But I think that now we've uncovered that there's a second problem at play here that has to do with uh, – I know we use the word gimmick, but I want to say – why is a woman in a band or a non-gender binary person in a band still a fucking novelty in 2019 when we have a world that includes people from all walks of life and orientations and preferences and, you know, we want to be welcoming and including. Are we so not, – not even just the laziness of the writers – but maybe it's just as a as a group of people, as a subculture of metal and music people and fans and rock fans, are we so we have to be served a gimmick or a novelty angle to latch on? Because there's a lot of you know, I'm glad you mentioned Courtney LaPlante and if Curtis isn't aware, Courtney was one of the singers of I Wrestled the Bear once and her new band Spirit Box is phenomenal. Canadians, fellow Canadians, so good. And there's so 
many artists, uh, you know, we live in a world where we can pray at the altar of Lee Aaron, as well as Joan Jett, as well as Mina Caputo, as well as Sharon Denadel, as well as Terry B. So, you know, as well as Otep. So we live in a, a world where all these people, we all exist together. And why do we have to compartmentalize and label and tag things? Do we have to get it served to fans and ourselves as fans? Do we need it served to us? Is this a question we have to start asking? Well, Keithy, one thing I want to point out, just on the gimmick angle, I'm not just talking about the uh, female end of things or anything like that. Like we mentioned last week, uh, Matt Matt Bacon is used to sell mine and, mine and uh, his his challenges because he is young, he's good looking, and that's a fact. I put him up front 100% of the time. I don't cons- like that. It's the it's like Monica was saying, you know, it's the youth and the sex sells. That's all it is. So that's that, so I, whether it's a male, whether it's a female, in my opinion, you always put whoever's the best looking out front. Like it or lump it, that's just usually the best way it goes. So if that's a girl or if that's a guy, it's just the way it is. Like look a lot of these metalcore bands like uh, Attila, for example, who do they put up front? They put Franz Deck up front. Why? Because he's the attractive guy. He's the guy, that he, you know, he presents himself as being this hot guy, right? So it's just the way it is. Yeah, it's the entertainment industry, and we can't forget that. Like you, yeah. I mean, there are of course exceptions. There's many bands that may not look, you know, in a conventional like they're not attractive in a conventional way, but people yeah. love their music. And of, of course, there's going to be bands like that. But as a general rule, it's the entertainment industry, and it doesn't mean you have to look conventionally in a certain way. It's like mm-hmm. you don't want to look, you don't want to watch someone on stage who looks sloppy, like someone exactly. who just made absolutely no effort. So, yeah. you know, if you have this like marketable factor um, yep. gender is kind of irrelevant and i think yep. women shouldn't apologize if they want to to look yep. a bit more like sexy or dolled up if they choose to well also the apologize other, for that and the other fact you guys got to both remember is most of the metal audience as as a general rule is male so if there's a female member they're going to want to look at the female member it's just a fact as a general rule so you know, you're going to look at the most attractive person in the group. So that's why it's best to have them as a prominent person in the photo. And I know people are probably going to get mad at me for saying that, but it's it's the truth, right? So, you know, I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't know, like, if I put Monica and Matt together, who would get the most attention, but they're both pretty young. Um, he does have better hair than me. Huh? He does have better hair than me. Well, he does. He does have good hair, right? So I, I, I don't know, but I mean, I would probably somehow try to figure out, like, if I was doing a band photo with you two or something like that, I'd probably try to figure out how to make the two of you most prominent because I don't know, I don't know, but I mean, that's what I would probably do. There's and a band called um, There's a band called The Hots. They're originally from Sydney, Australia, but they now live in LA, and they are basically this husband and wife team, and they both are just like so smoking hot, like mm-hmm. equally. Like, and they just look so good in photos. <laughs> I just wanted to like that, put that out there. Well, it's it's true, right? So I mean, it's just like, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't think. I just, yeah, I just got liked by Michael Sweet Striper on my tweet. I just noticed as we were talking. Nice. Um, what was they saying? Uh, oh yeah. So yeah, I mean, I, I think it's more like the factor of it's people are very superficial whether they want to admit it or not, and you want to have the most attractive person up front whether you like it or not and if it's a female in the band with a bunch of other guys that are that are fat and balding you know who are they going to look for <laughs> you know who do you want to have as being your representative whether they're the bassist the drummer or whatever you know what I mean like 
I know we're supposed to be all about equality, but you know, if me and Monica are in a picture together, people are going to be looking at Monica. They're not going to look at me. It's just a fact. If I'm in a and picture with Matt, they think. Yeah, that's fine. Sorry, I just want to give you guys a little bit of a history in terms of festivals here in Australia. So yeah. for a very long time, uh, there was, with in terms of like the heavy festivals that we've got going on, you would rarely see a band with a female in it. And in 2017, there was a festival called Unify, which is one of our biggest heavy music festivals here. Um and there was only two bands with a female identifying member playing the whole festival out of like 20 bands or something like that. And there was huge uproar because people kind of cottoned onto that and they were like, hang on a second, why why is this? And the actual festival owners had, took a good hard look at themselves and they were like, we didn't even realise. Like, And I think that there's kind of this unconscious, there's still this unconscious legacy thing that females aren't as good musicians, females are a gimmick. And what the industry has done now in the three years since is put, uh, make a concerted effort to put uh, bands with women on the lineup. Now, a lot of males are kind of uh, getting a bit pissed off because they think that now there's an unfair advantage because sure. suddenly bands with a female in it seem seem to be getting such a leg up. Whereas yep. the festival is, and these are just smaller bands because historically the scene hasn't necessarily nurtured bands with females in it. And that's why we don't have a lot of bigger bands in Australia with, with females. That One example is Tonight Alive, but they had to go overseas to get any sort of success. Um, so all the bigger metal bands in Australia, no females in them whatsoever. Um, so now the uh, the people that are working in the scene on a grassroots level are really making a concerted effort to try and, I don't want to use the term give a leg up, but be more aware of nurturing that talent on a local grassroots level in order to allow them the same space that males have naturally been given over the past few years in order to develop and grow. So whilst people think that it's an unfair advantage, we do have to remember that uh, and I can speak to Give me to that one person. more time, Monica. I missed that last part. Say that. Oh, yeah. So while some people may say that giving, you know, females at a grassroots level that leg up and the space to develop and grow as artists by putting them on these festivals, some people may say that it's an unfair advantage, but we do have to remember historically, and I can absolutely personally attest to this, that there has been uh, disadvantages to being a woman playing heavy music historically for the past many, many, many years. So really giving them the same, uh, you know, opportunities as they would give to any other, you know, standard all male identifying band is not a disadvantage, like is not an unfair advantage because, you know, we also need to make up for lost time. And I can definitely speak more on, you know, if, you know, disadvantages that I feel that females have been given, but I don't really want to go down that road. I'm just saying that things need to change at a industry level. And I think Keith is absolutely right in saying that he doesn't use the term female fronted in his, um, like journalism and uh, Heavy Magazine, which is the magazine I've worked for, has absolutely ruled that out and a number of publications have ruled out the term female-fronted. So things are changing, things are looking positive and hopefully we don't have to have this discussion a couple of years into the future. Word. Hold on one second, Curtis. Curtis, we're running out of time. So I'm going to start wrapping it up with this final thought. I'm sorry to cut you off. That's what it is. Got to be mindful of the time. Um... In a, in a final kind of thought and brief, brief, briefly, Monica, 
if uh, we do see on occasion, and I've had friends who've been in all female bands, and it's just what it is: a, a bunch of women get together and uh, form a band. Uh, what what should be the approach for the band? I see a lot of you know uh, emphasis on you know all female rock or all female band, and I get that it's a thing, it's attention grabbing, but um, you know putting the onus kind of on the artist for a second since you are one. If you hypothetically were you know obviously you don't want, you wouldn't play it down, but how do you play that element up without taking away from the music and the talent of the group? Well, something that we've discussed a number of times on the podcast is the fact that people see you before they hear you. So there's no need to put female fronted as a, you know, a genre identifying thing. People are naturally going to see your video. They're going to see your photos prior to actually hearing your music. In the majority of cases, they're going to see you as you walk up on stage. So a way to approach it would be because by, by you, I mean, you teach people how to treat you essentially in life so by a band like putting female fronted in their bio that's just going to encourage more journalists to use that term and whatnot so I think obviously your photos are kind of going to speak for themselves there's absolutely no need to put all girl or all female in your bio awesome Monica what can uh, I'm sure you want to plug your new single and video but if you have anything you'd like to personally plug go right ahead yeah, sure. So, yeah, the, the new single is called Like a Ghost. It is for fans of Ginger and Bring Me the Horizon. <laughs> and uh, you can grab it on YouTube, on Spotify, all the digital distribution platforms. The band is called The Last Martyr. And, yeah, the new single, Like a Ghost. And how about you, Curtis? Um, oh, we got an upcoming YouTube channel, which hasn't been officially or YouTube channel, YouTube challenge rather, which hasn't been officially announced, but uh, you can take this as the official announcement. It's going to start on, I think it was November 15th. Don't quote me on that. Uh, but it's going to be our next challenge. If you're interested, hit me or Matt up. It's going to be $50 USD. And it's going to be led by me, Matt, and Keithy. Keithy is a YouTube expert. He has run multi-million dollar campaigns for many successful businesses. Um, so he's going to be helping with us with that. And uh, all hail Keithy. Well, all right. Gosh, I don't know how to follow that. This has been the female fronted podcast edition of the Dumb and Dumbest Podcast. Uh, I... Once again, I'm your guest co-host, Keefe, along with Curtis Dewar and the wonderful Monica Strutt. Are we done yet, Keefe, or are we going to just keep talking? We could just keep talking, but I think we're done yet. Thanks, Monica. (laughs) Thank you. Bye.